Hey, St. John, this is Pastor Adam, and we are trying something new here. Uh, I'm sitting down with Chris Camille. Hi, Chris. Hello. How are you doing today? Good. How about you? I'm doing well. Uh, we are recording some episodes for a Lenten book study. Uh, throughout the season of Lent, we are going to look at Henry Nouwen's The Return of the Prodigal Son, and uh, those of you that have been in some of the book discussion groups that I lead or Deaconess has, uh, we wanted to take that idea and and put it into a sort of podcast format and kind of have these what, companion discussions. Is that kind of fair to say? Yeah, I think so. And so uh, Chris is here. Uh, can you just maybe tell us a little bit about yourself? Hmm. Okay. Well, longtime member of St. John. We've been here 18 or 19 years. I don't know. Long time. Uh, I have four kids. Most of you know them. <laughs> um, they usher a lot, so you'll see them there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm an import to Ohio. I'm not from here. People always ask me, are you from here? Nope, not from here. My dad was military, grew up all over the world. But Ohio is home now. All right. Uh, what, where is like the farthest place you've lived then, if you've been all over the world? Turkey. Turkey. All right. Well, we're, we're heading that direction at least. That's right. right. We're getting to, close. Heading, heading back to the Middle East area uh, for our discussion. So yeah, so um, we are going to do this Lenten series. And so kind of let us know as we go through this. Uh, this episode here is a sort of preview and introduction of what we're going to do. Uh, but uh, next week, you're going to get our first like official episode as we work through uh, Nouwen's text. Now, um, why don't we talk a little bit about Henry Nouwen? Okay. Uh, you like Nowen a lot. I do. I confess. <laughs> uh, Nowen, uh, he is, uh, at this point, he's, I forget, when When did Nowen die? 1992. 96. 1996. Yeah, so uh, he died before the uh, the new millennium here, and yet his writings are really prominent across large swaths of the church. Um, he's a Roman Catholic priest. And um, what would you say? His writing is what devotional? Is that maybe a way to speak of it? I would say devotional, but I would also say confessional. Like he's confessing from himself. Yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah. it's it's very, um, like you can relate to it. I feel like anybody can read it and relate to something he's saying. He's a very honest writer. Yeah. So it's, it's a very uh, contemplative mm-hmm. writing. Um, you know, some would even say kind of a mystical sort of sense to it. And yeah. When I first came across now, and that was at my fourth year of seminary, and so I just come back from vicarage, I had a class called Pastoral Theology, and for most of that quarter, we read Nowen's books, mm-hmm. and one of the nice things is they tend to be short. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so the reading was, I actually did that reading, and um, <laughs> I just found Nowen to be just a place of respite and recharge and uh, someone who re- really speaks into into my life, in my situation. Mm-hmm. What were uh, some of the books for now and that stand out to you? I have three, my, like my, well, I guess if you include Return of the Prodigal Son, I have four top favorites. Uh, one of them is Life of the Beloved. Uh, one of them is Wounded Healer. And then In the Name of Jesus. Those are the ones that I return to again and again. Like I'll just pull them off my shelf and read a, a paragraph or a chapter or something I've underlined. I pick those up regularly. Yeah, uh, I think Deaconess in her class did The Wounded Healer a mm-hmm. few years ago, and so some of you might be familiar with now in that way. Uh, for me, I, I really loved uh, The Living Reminder. 
Uh, that was a really nice read, um, especially fourth year of seminary and just thinking about uh, Nowen's role and as, as priest and thinking about pastor and so on. And just this past Christmas, I've yet to read it, but it looks wonderful. Uh, a friend of mine gave me uh, The Way of the Heart, uh, The Spirituality of the Desert Fathers and Mothers. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, Nowen has written a lot, but it's all short. And short? I can't I can't emphasize enough how nice that is. <laughs> it is super nice. He is short. His books are short, but meaty. Yes. Very meaty. So don't be, you know, don't look at it and be like, it's a short book. There's probably not much in there. There's a ton in there. And that's part of the idea of these discussions is we're just going to take, you know, chunks of his book, but, you know, you're going to be reading it through the week. And then here's our sort of reflection on it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, you know, you're going to read a few paragraphs and I need to kind of chew on that for a while. Mm -hmm. It's very much his style and uh, that sort of devotional, contemplative, confessional sort of quality to it. Mm -hmm. What else can we say about now? And uh, you'll find out in the book that, yeah, he taught at university. He's at Yale, Harvard, Notre Dame, and their divinity schools. You know, very well educated, uh, well known in that way. But at some point in his career, he steps away from all of that and he goes to, I, I can't speak French. La Arch. La Arch, and it's a, it's a facility up in was it Toronto? I think. I think so. Yeah. Where it's he's caring for adults with various cognitive disabilities mm -hmm. and and and. And, and mental illness. And it's, it's one of those kind of surprising moves in terms of just the upward trajectory of his career. And he goes here. Right. Um, what stands out to you about that? I think when I, when I look back on his story, one of the pieces of that, that I find really fascinating is that he didn't go to large because he felt like he wanted to be, um, like it wasn't a move of like, I'm going to be this good person and go and serve this community. He was broken. When he went to um, do that work, he was in a really hard season. You might call it a dark night of the soul or something like that. He was struggling. And so to me, that transition for him wasn't, um, there was no, I don't feel like there was a lot of, like it wasn't a prideful move. It was, it was a move of, um, like almost like a desperation. Like I have to do something different. I don't know where I'm supposed to go, but I'm going here. And so I love to think about that because I think that that was so hard. And he talks about how hard that was and, and that experience of being surrounded by a community that was foreign to him and didn't need any of his qualifications, all of his, you know, his uh, expertise and training and everything. This That is not what this community needed. And so I just love thinking about that shift for him because it was literally life-changing. Again, this is why Nouns Me Great is he just speaks with honesty about his his soul, his his condition in ways that we don't often hear other Christians speak of. And so it's nice he gives us voice to it. And I think even part of why he goes to the arches, how do I give to someone without expecting anything in return? How do I uh, give and, and not receive recognition because it feels good to get recognized? Right. I know my pride within me and uh, just the awareness that he has about his, his sinful condition and uh, what does that actually look like? And so he, he sought to find that in La Arch. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, with that, why don't we uh, begin to look at the book? And so uh, to the... Uh, members, uh, we will have copies of the Return of the Prodigal Son available to you. And 
uh, a, a bookmark with just kind of here are the pages we're going to read each week. And the idea is each Sunday of Lent, uh, we'll have a new episode that will drop. And we're going to publish it in a few ways. We'll put it on the podcast feed. We'll, we'll put a link to it in the in the emails that come out to the congregation. But also those of you that are just not as uh, digitally podcast savvy, I'm going to make sure we have some CDs put out on, on the Sundays as well. And so you can just take a CD with you like we do our recorded services and listen to it that way. Now, uh, the book is it's interesting in that it's not just something you read, but there's, it's focused on a, a painting. Uh, we have a Rembrandt's uh, Prodigal Son. And in your copy of uh, The Return of the Prodigal Son, you're going to have uh, the image of, of Rembrandt's Prodigal Son. And uh, why is that included in the book? Uh, how, how have you used it in your reading, Chris? I there's so many times where as I'm reading Nowen's references to the painting because he does talk a lot about the painting he he points you back to the painting so having the painting right there in the book there are tons of times where I just kept flipping back and looking at the painting and trying to see what he was talking about and it just hel- it's a helpful like companion piece I think as you're reading to be able to just reference the painting right there awesome and then one other thing is you'll notice in the narthex we're going to have a a framed uh, print or a poster of, of the painting there as well. And so you're more than welcome to check that out throughout Lent as well and kind of make it a larger view of it. Now, when you read uh, this text, we talked about now in contemplative, devotional, uh, confessional, we would definitely encourage, you know, read at your pace, which might be read a few pages. I'm going to take a break and chew on that for a while. Uh, the reading is not long. We're going to spend all of Lent looking at this book. And what is it like? 130 pages. Or yeah, it's short. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just 130 pages. Uh, and so kind of pace that for yourself and stretch it throughout the week. That might be a good way to go. Uh, but at the same time, we were talking before recording of uh, you just have a hard time just putting them down. Right? Yeah. And so don't be surprised if you find yourself in that sort of boat. I just want to keep reading. Mm-hmm. And that's that's totally cool. Yeah, I had both experiences. I had the experience of wanting to keep reading and then other mornings reading a chunk and just being like, I have to stop and I have to sit with this. So you might, yeah, you might go back and forth. I think another thing to keep in mind, and this is something we'll emphasize in the book groups, is um, I like to read from uh, various swaths of Christianity and folks from different uh, backgrounds and traditions in the church. Again, Nouwen's a a Roman Catholic priest. And so he's just going to have some of those peculiarities with his writing and how he emphasized things. And so we'll, we'll speak to that as we get to um, those moments in the book of maybe we'd say this a little bit differently or, you know, here's how we sort of rephrase what he's saying here. But um, but he's our brother in Christ and he has a, a great deal to, to share and to teach us. Um, but there are also things that you might come across that, man, I don't know if he's right on this. And part of this to ask yourself is, is it because he's not right with what the Christian faith is saying, or is it just something that he's challenging something within ourselves? And that's always uh, mm-hmm. a thing to be thinking of, is that we are being formed and shaped constantly, and are we being formed and shaped in conformity to Christ? Or um, I don't know, he's definitely going to push us on things. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I think it's fair to say, and I think it's uh, one of the things I try to remind myself when I encounter something in a text that, challenges me or makes me kind of go, wait a minute, is to ask myself, like, why, why am I reacting the way I'm reacting to it? Is there something here that I need to consider something I need to think about? Is it because it, like you said, is it speaking against 
my faith or is it just something I maybe I haven't run into and it's causing me to kind of question what is my discomfort level? So I think as you read any book, but especially The Prodigal Son, I think it's helpful to just ask yourself, like, what is what is my, what is going on? Why do I feel this way about what I'm reading? And I think that to me, now one's trustworthy. Like he's pointing you towards Christ always. I've not encountered one sentence from him where I felt like he was trying to send me a different direction. So knowing that about what I'm reading makes me feel like it's okay if I encounter something that's uncomfortable or weird because I know that his goal is always pointing me towards Christ. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why we're going to do this, and it's it's great for Lent, and and I love his his views of Jesus throughout. And this is just a good reminder of any sort of theological writing or reading or podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, Where is it in sync with the faith? And nothing is going to be perfectly there. Um, We don't just wholeheartedly endorse Luther and everything he says. That's not what it means to be Lutheran. Um, It's where is this in sync with Jesus? And how is this pointing us to Jesus? And if that's what's doing, we're at, we're in a good place here. So we're just getting ahead of a, a few lines in the book that I'm sure will raise some questions. So <laughs> you have yet to find those out, I guess. It'll be good. All right, let's go ahead and bring this uh, episode to a close. And uh, next time we're going to have read through the first 25 pages of the book. And to close us out, uh, Chris, would you mind reading for us uh, the parable? Sure. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, let me have the share of the estate that will come to me. So the father divided the property between them. A few days later, the younger son got together everything he had and left for a distant country where he squandered his money on a life of debauchery. When he had spent it all, that country experienced a severe famine, and now he began to feel the pinch So he hired himself out to one of the local inhabitants who put him on his farm to feed the pigs. And he would willingly have filled himself with the husks pigs were eating, but no one would let him have them. Then he came to his senses and said, How many of my father's hired men have all the food they want and more? And here I am dying of hunger. I will leave this place and go to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired men. So he left the place and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with pity. He ran to the boy, clasped him in his arms, and kissed him. Then the son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the calf that we have been fattening and kill it. We will celebrate by having a feast because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now the elder son was out in the fields and on his way back as he drew near the house, he could hear the music and dancing. Calling one of the servants, he asked what it was all about. The servant told him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the calf we have been fattening, because he has gotten him back safe and sound. He was angry, and then refused to go in. And his father came out and began to urge him to come in. But he retorted to his father, All these years I have slaved for you, and never once disobeyed any orders of yours. Yet you never offered me so much as a kid for me to celebrate with my friends. 
But for this son of yours, when he comes back after swallowing up your property, he and his loose women, you kill the calf we have been fattening. The father said, my son, you are with me always. All I have is yours. But it was only right that we should celebrate and rejoice because your brother here was dead and he has come to life. He was lost and is found. Thanks, Chris. We'll see you next time.